Well, glory to God. Amen. I was sitting there thinking about holy, 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 and I think about the angels in heaven right now. There's legions of angels. I don't even know how many, but there's a bunch of angels. Let's just say that right there. And, and what are they doing? They're, they praise God. I mean, they're, they're holy, holy, holy. Now, you think about this, God's people, through time, through history, all the people that's been saved. See, an angel never has been saved. An angel can only worship God of his beautiness and holiness and say, holy, holy. But could you imagine when we one day we all get to heaven and all the those that have been saved, all those that's been called out of the grave, when we unite with the angels and we start singing about redemption, can you imagine how that's going to sound? Holy, holy, holy takes on a whole new concept, right? Amen. And so thank the Lord for that. I was sitting there and I, I was uh, listening to one song, The Chain Breakers, and uh, my mind's a weird mind, and it, and it took me back in time to my uh, first uh, uh, pastorate. I was in my 20s, and, uh, and uh, people kept driving in the churchyard, and i just been there about three months, and so I thought, I'll fix this. I got post hole diggers out, and I went and bought some posts, and I just started from one end to the end, and then I had a long chain, drilled holes through it, put a big bolt on it. By the time I got to the end of it, Brother Owens, who was 98 years old, or 96 at the time, I think, and uh, he came up, and I had a lot of a lot of chain left, about two foot. And he goes, well, you stupid, how are you going to do that? And I mean, I'd worked all day. Brother Owens said what he thought. And, and I could tell you stories and stories about Brother Owens. And I had a pair of snips in the back of my pocket. And I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to cut it with these things. And it was a chain, and it was a pretty good-sized chain. But what he didn't know, I had already wrapped it around and hammered it off. And there was a little section that I was using for my leverage. I unscrewed the bolt and took it off. And I went, <coughs> I said, there. He stepped back. So he started telling all the deacons in the church that I was the strongest guy he'd ever seen. I could cut a chain with a pair, and I had to tell them the truth, right? And so I was, it just took me back that way. Don't ask me why it did. But anyway, hello, I'm Paul. For you that are new, I'm the youth pastor here, associate pastor. Daniel's our senior pastor, and uh, love you. And I, I enjoy working under his leadership. I enjoy the church. This morning we had a fabulous Sunday school lesson. Sister Becky, everybody give it up for Sister Becky. Yes. Amen. So what I do is, is I, we're in a couple of books, uh, and, and, you know, and these books I give, uh, one for Sunday school, and then we have a different book for Wednesday night. And the teachers that are teaching, uh, I've been kind of rotating out, uh, they prepare throughout the week, and they send me their notes. And, 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 and I love it. And, and, and when I read Becky's, I jumped clean out of my chair because I thought she did a marvelous job. And then when she does the lesson, Scott interacts and he brings in a power. So I'm very thankful for Scott and uh, 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 Becky, very thankful for Taylor and Freddie. We, we have a great team that's working with our youth. If you are a young person, you don't want to miss our youth group. We, we continue to grow. Uh, uh, we continue to have new faces. Be there. We have open gym the night, 6 o'clock, down at the community center from 6 to 8. Be there, and, uh, and, and let's enjoy that. Amen. How many is ready to hear the word? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, lessons from the life of Caleb. So, we've been in this series, and we've been talking about these Bible characters. We have talked about Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Joshua, uh, and then the sin of Achan, Gideon, and now we're putting it in reverse and going to discuss Caleb because he was before Gideon. And, uh, 
and, and well, we're going to learn some things for him. So put your seatbelts on, and, and, and let's try to learn some, some things from him. Let's see if I can do this right. All right, here we go. So before we get into that, we know, everybody knows the story of Joshua and Caleb, that, that Moses sent out 12 spies, and they go into the promised land. Now, you think about the promised land. The promised land, they once, the people of Israel, once they resided in the promised land, they were there. And then they got themselves into captivity and bondage. You go through the story with Joseph and everything. And you see that they got into bondage. And for like, I think it's 400 years, they're slaves in Egypt. And, and, and then now they're on the journey with Joshua to, to you know, because Mo, I mean, with Moses, they're on the journey of Moses to lead the, uh, Egypt to go to the promised land. And Moses sends out 12 spies. And, and, and there's 12 that come back. And 10 of them said, man, basically, we're grasshoppers in their sight. We can't do it. They didn't deny the fact that the land was good. They didn't deny that fact. But Joshua and Caleb, they seen something in a little bit. They, they said the land is great. The land is flowing with milk. We're, we're well able to take this land. So he, he had it. Joshua and Caleb seen the promised land. There was something about the promised land that stayed in both of their hearts. Where you had ten that came back and said, there's just no way we can't do it. We can't take this promised land. We can't, we can't take this land. We're just, we're a little bitty. We're just a little bitty to what's out there. The, the battle's too great for us. We don't want to fight that battle. We don't want to have that kind of war. We don't want to go into that land and to, to take that land. But Joshua and Caleb said we're well able to do it. I don't know why there's always the minority that says we can do it. When, you know, the majority of people, sometimes they'll get, they'll get into, you know, the complaining groups, you know, the scuttlebutt talk, and, and you see them complaining, and, you know, they're, 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 they're looking at all the negative things, but there's always those individuals that somehow they step up and say, we can do this. We can do this. That, that's kind of like a Caleb. So Numbers 14, 24. But because of my servant Caleb, now pay close attention to this, has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the scriptures. And we're going to dive into the scriptures today. And I pray this morning, God, that every person would listen with a good heart, a good ear. And as your spirit works and draws, that man would respond and be obedient. Men and women, boys and girls, that they'd be obedient to your call. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we have it today. We thank you that it's as live as it's ever been. We just thank you, God, it will always be alive. And I pray that you just touch our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. So he, he, something about Caleb, he had a different spirit. He had one of those I can do spirits. I can do this. Uh, he, and, he, and it says he follows the Lord wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Now, I think about concepts when people say that. Give all of your heart to the Lord. Follow the Lord wholeheartedly. I mean, you got to be careful using phrases because if I asked you, for instance, if I asked you, how many right now thinks you're giving everything you have to the Lord? Raise your hand. Ooh, not one hand went up. Not one hand. You see what I'm saying? Phrases can be catchy. So you got to look at the word and you got to understand the word, what he's actually saying here. So wholeheartedly, if you look at it, and I broke it down a little bit the best I could do in Hebrew, it means that you do out of fullness and out of abundance. So, so he, out of fullness, out of abundance. 
His spirit was full. It, 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 his spirit had an abundance uh, of God in it. And so that's his wholeheartedly. And so, so we see that, that he followed the Lord wholeheartedly wholeheartedly. It's something about him. He was, just Caleb was a unique guy. He's not mentioned a whole lot in the Word of God, but there is some nuggets that we're going to see today. And so when we say how many wants to follow the Lord wholeheartedly, if I ask the question another way, how many wants to give everything they had to the Lord, how many would raise their hand? See what I'm saying? So out of the abundance, if you had that desire and you want to, productivity will come. If you do not have that desire, if you don't raise your hand and you don't want to give everything you have because some people really don't want to give everything they have to the Lord. They know what it'll cost them. They know the giants that they'll have to face. They don't want to give everything, but for us that want to follow, I mean, I want to follow the Lord with everything I have. I do. I mean, everything I have. When I speak about the Lord, I want to give everything I have to speak to Him. I told the youth Wednesday night, when, I, when, I, when I'm teaching you, I, I believe everything I'm saying is this, this in line with the Word of God. I believe it with every ounce of energy in me. Why? Because I know it's true. And that's that abundance. And I believe, you know, that, that that's the way we ought to be. We ought to give everything we have to the Lord, you know, had that desire to to say, I want to give it. I want to give it. I want to hit the mark. See, I don't believe there's anybody in here this morning that doesn't want to hit the mark, that doesn't want to hit the mark. You you want to please God, but it's a battle, right? It's a battle, and we got to have a different spirit about us, a different spirit. How many knows right now as a believer that you have the spirit of the living God living inside of you. Come on now. Ain't that exciting? God would choose to reside inside of us as believers. Because I would submit to you, if you're a believer, you have the spirit of God inside of you. And he's there. And, he, and, and he's leading you. And he's guiding you. And he's directing you. And, and so that's what we see. So following the Lord wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly, fullness, or abundance. Luke 10, 27. So he answered and he said, remember, uh, the, the, uh, the gentleman came to God, and, I mean, to Jesus, and he was like, you know, hey, what must I do to, to inherit, you know, uh, uh, you know, eternal life? And Jesus says right here, so he answered, he said, you shall love the Lord your God. Now watch this. With all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Now how many today feels like you're accomplishing this? Because there's some powerful words in here. When you, when you look at that and you see all, see, there's powerful words in here. And, and I believe we can see something in the life of Caleb that helps us to understand that, that, that this is a process that we're involved in, that we're wanting to follow the Lord. We're, we're designed to give us our heart, our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And so think about this. Jesus tells us how to follow him. That, he, that, that was for us today. So with all of your heart, your inward your self-aware, your, your, your feelings, your emotions, your thinking, what you're thinking. And, and I tried to break this down, and I looked at these different words, and they all come to mean the same thing, basically. With all your soul, the entire inner person. With all of your strength, the will. The will. The will. I mean, how many of you, how many of you know someone that has a strong will? I see a lot of women raising their hands. I don't see too many guys. I, I don't understand that, Daniel. Do you? I, I figured there'd be a lot of... 
I see it. And, and so, so you think about that will. I, I know people that has a strong will. I'm one of those guys that has a very strong will. Uh, you, you tell me that I can't do something, and boy, that makes me mad. Mr. Owens, to go back to, to, to him, I, I told you all the story about the concrete slab that, that we had moved the entrance, and we moved it over here on the side of the building. The concrete slab was right here, and it was concrete that they had poured back in the 40s. And it was probably, I don't know, 12 by 12. It was an entrance, and, uh, and, and I mean, they had steel and rebar in it, and, and Mr. Owens, he kept complaining about it and said, that looks, that looks pretty bad. I, I hate that. I said, I'll just get a sledgehammer and break it up. He laughed at me, and he said, you'll never do it. And, and I said, oh, yes, I will. Don't tell me never. And I was 20-something then. I wouldn't even try it now. I'd hurt myself. But I was 20-something then, and, I, and, and, and being the senior pastor at 20 is probably not a good, 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 good situation. You probably should start off as an assistant, uh, uh, but, but I didn't. And so anyway, I got a sledgehammer, and I hit that concrete, and I hit that concrete because I know one thing about concrete. There is a weak spot somewhere. Somewhere you just got to find it. And I did find it, and I hit it, and it cracked. And that's all I had to see was a crack. And it was about 95 degrees because it was in July. And I kept hitting that crack, and all of a sudden it caved. And once it caves, you can break it all up, right? And I, but the only problem is my stubbornness and my strong will, that weakness that was there, there was a skunk that had made a hole in a den. And when I hit it, the skunk sprayed me. And so, so you, you, and I just kept on. I, I didn't care. I, kept, I was so mad. I, it made me swing the, uh, the old, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, the uh, sledgehammer harder. And I broke it all up. And I called Mr. Owens on the phone. I said, you better get down here if your tractor. That concrete's broke. And, and, but I stunk for a while. So, but I mean, it, so, but, but strong will, and, and, I, and I look at this with all of your heart, your inward, your self-aware, your feelings, your emotions, your thinking, with all of your soul, the entire inner person, with all of your strength, the will, the will, with all of your mind, the inward part of us where thinking occurs. I mean, everything about us, and that's the different spirit that Caleb had, that there's everything about Caleb. He's seen what his forefathers had talked about. Can you imagine this? 400 years, 440 years probably had passed. Since, since Israel had, had lived in the promised land. They're returning, and, and all the things that they hear about this land, that Joshua and Caleb takes a hold of it. We sit here in Sunday school, we sit here teaching, and we talk about how great heaven's going to be, right? We talk about how good heaven's going to be. And, 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 and then there's that journey to get to heaven, right? There's that journey to, you know, what, you know, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to inherit eternal life? That's the question, right? And that's so, we, so we strive and we're like, man, what do I do? And I don't know about you. I think about heaven a lot. I truly think about heaven a lot. And I believe there's not one of us that's going to be disappointed in heaven. I'm not so much interested because I think the writers in Revelation, I can't even understand, understand the book of Revelation. I'm going to tell you that. If you're young and you're diving off in Revelation, I'm going to try to tell you to do a U-turn and go back to, to maybe like Gospel of John. Revelation is a hard book to understand. Nobody can master it. A lot of symbolic language. The writer's doing his best to tap in as the Spirit leads him to what heaven's like. And I remember growing up in the old country church, I remember how people would always talk about, man, the streets are going to be gold, the walls of jasper, the pearly gates. I don't really care what the streets look like. Hello? 
I think the writer's just symbolically using the, heaven's going to be excellent. Heaven's going to far outweigh anything that we could imagine or think. It's not going to be about gold, about materialistic things, right? It's going to be, I don't know about you, would you rather have all the gold in the world or would you rather have perfect peace? Woo! Perfect peace. Would you want to have all the riches of the world or would you want to be at peace at your soul, content in your heart, knowing that it's all is well with God? Caleb knew something about that promised land that caused him to have a different spirit. He followed the t- I mean, you're going to see this. We're going to grab a hold of this, the promise. You're going to see in the Word how he holds on to this promise. I mean, when, he, when, when Moses talked to him and told him that this was his promise, Caleb held on to it. Caleb held on to it. He didn't let it get away from him. He held on to it. I mean, how many of us have heard the Word of God, the promises in the Scripture I don't know about you. How many, when you read the Apostle Paul, I don't, I, you know, listen, I finished the course. I kept the faith. Whew. I finished. I kept the faith. He goes on to say, henceforth, there's a crown laid up for me in heaven. Not only for me, but for all those who love his appearing. How many really believes that? I mean, do you believe that with everything in you, that heaven is your home because you're a Christian? Do you believe if you died right now, every living ounce of energy in you, that heaven's going to be your home? That's what it takes. That's what it takes. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe that when you die, that this, that listen, that this world's just temporal. I'm going to be living forever with God. You've got every ounce of energy in you have got to hold on to that promise. The older I get, and I'm not old yet, just come and watch me tonight in the open gym. I last about five minutes. <laughs> then I sit in a chair and I watch. I'm a spectator, Right? The older I get, the things of this world don't mean a whole lot to me. It doesn't mean a whole lot to me. You know what means a lot to me? I was at a conference. Over 800 people at that conference. I hadn't seen this man. If you're listening today, hello. I had not seen this man in years, 20 years. Maybe maybe 15. And... He came up. I seen him in a crowd. I knew who he was. He came up to me with his wife and his daughter. And he goes, I want to share something with you. I heard you preaching at the church you go to. I'm not a Facebook friend with you or anything like that. Somehow it popped up on my screen. And I listened to you, and I was in a bad place. I was in a bad place. I mean, this, this guy lives a long way from Missouri. And he goes, I want you to know. That my heart was touched and I was changed, and it's been good ever since. Woo! That made my conference. I can't tell you out of 800 people how many people came up to me because I'm in the trucking business, right? You gotta live, right? You have a thing, and, 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 and so I, I, I do that part time. I can't tell you how many people came up to me. And said, man, we appreciate what you're doing. I'm not talking one. I'm not talking two. I'm not talking three. I'm not talking 20. I'm talking 40 or 50 people came up and said, we love listening to to your church. We love listening to your pastor. We love listening to your tidbits, his tidbits. Pastor, if you don't think 
the word doesn't perform, you're sadly mistaken. If you don't think your life isn't, isn't moving and doing something in people's lives as they're watching you, you're sadly mistaken. I'm telling you, I don't plan for things like that to happen, and I don't look for things like that to happen. But when they happen, it's like God is reminding me that he's in control. God is reminding me, Paul, keep the faith. Wholeheartedly serve me. Serve me out of abundance. Keep on going. Paul, I'll do the work. You just be obedient. You just teach. You just preach. You just love. You just act. Just keep on keeping on. And that's what keeps me keeping on. God bless this morning. I got a pastor's appreciation card in November. Naomi, it was October. And Naomi brought this to me. And, and she said, I had this. And I, I, I lost. I, I found it in my bedroom or something. And she goes, but it was the thought that counted. And so she, she gives it to me now. And I open it up. And I read a few of the youth what they wrote. That's all it takes for me to keep going. You know what I'm saying? That's all, that, that's all it keeps for me to go. I don't, I don't care about the politics. I don't care about money. I don't care about this or that, who's in charge. Man, I want to tell you, if lives are changed, if lives are being touched, and if lives are being ministered to, isn't it worth it all, church? Are we wholeheartedly out of the abundance? Everything about us is it pointed towards God because I believe that's where Caleb's mind and heart was. It pointed towards God, towards God. Now, he says, you know, you, you, you go back. Let's just go back. You know, we, we fall in for our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. And I just threw this in here because think about it. If you accomplish those first four, you're not going to have no problem with the last one. If we follow the first four, we will have no problem loving our neighbor as ourselves. That was the great command that Christ gave on how to follow, how to inherit eternal life. You'll have no problem with people. You see, the reason why we have problem with people is because out of the abundance of our heart, we're not serving him. Out of the abundance of our mind, we're not serving him. Out of the abundance of our strength, we're not serving him. And, and, and so, so, therefore, we have trouble with people. Listen, people's people. Pastor asked me one time, when I first started coming here many years, this is in the other building over there, he goes, what did, what did you not like about pastoring the most? I said, the people. <laughs> Didn't take me a second. But I'm a person. You got to have people, right? But, 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 but in ministry, in taking the promised land, in getting from point A to point B that, hey, God, I believe your promises, and I'm going to do, out of the abundance of my heart, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to do what you call me. You are going to get hurt. How many for one moment here, be honest, how many believes this, that we all hurt the Lord? I mean, when I think about the Lord, that's not my mama. That's not my daddy. That's not my wife. That is the creator of the universe. That is my savior. That is the Lord. He is over my life. I have hurt him. Does God give up on us when we hurt him? Why do we give up on people that hurt us or we want to fight with people who hurt us? Doesn't the word of God tell us we don't wrestle with flesh and blood? 
think about it. Caleb knew something here. He knew something about going into the promised land. So learning from Caleb, Joshua 14, 9, let's read some scripture here. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Now, stop for a second. Caleb believed this with everything in his heart. Everything in his mind, his heart. Hey, man, Moses said this, that God told him that. Moses said it. I believe it. That settles it. I'm going to do it. Boy, they had that type of, 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 of spirit about us that the Word of God says it. I'm going to do it. The Word of God says it. I'm going to do it. I, I go back to this old building here, this old junky old lumber yard. And I, and I can tell you when the pastor talked to me the first time I came out here, man, he was excited and he was gleaming. And I'm like... I'm just not excited as he is. It was, a, it was, it was, no, no. What are you thinking? Man, the hours it's been put in this place. The stress, Gary, that's been put in this place. The stress on the people that the pastor's put up on us. I had to throw that in there. Aren't you glad? Come on, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? We gather in here every Sunday now, and you look at this place. It's not much. The outside appearance, it don't look like a church ought to look. But inside, I look, and I tell you what I see. I see a church. I see a church. I'm looking. I see a church. I see people who believe. I see people who have been changed, who have been touched by God. This is the church. Thank God that someone had another spirit about them that wasn't a negative spirit, but there was a positive spirit, and said, God told me this was going to be a church. Whew. I love that kind of spirit. Learning from Caleb. Moses should have never swore this statement. You're going to see why here in a little bit. Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Remember, abundance. Abundance. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. As he said these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel was wandering in the wilderness. And now here am I this day, 85 years old. So Caleb is saying, man, I'm telling you, we was wandering around in that old desert, that old mountain, whatever, that, that terrain. And we were wandering around for 40 years. And, and I was 40 then. And now here comes 45 years later. And now I'm 85 years old. And I'm, I'm recalling what God promised. God told me that I was going to inherit this land. And, and that I'm going to have a portion of this land that's mine. Let's continue. Watch this. As yet I am as strong this day. Now he's 85. And yet I'm as strong this, you know, 85 years old. You think about that. Let's just think about that for a second. Do you know, God's people, we gutted this thing out. And I'm here to tell you, it was dusty. It was, you had to sweep. You had to do things. You had to carry trash. Mike, I think you might have been 80-something at the time. I can't tell you what day, how old he was. But this guy, grabbing sheetrock grabbing the broom, going to the dumpster, and he would do it for hours. 
Man, that other spirit, Caleb had the other, that, that spirit says, man, I'm not done. I'm not done. I might be in my 80s. I might not can do this or that, but I'm not done. Caleb was to the point to where he said, listen to this, to where he said, I am strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. The first day that I went into the war, the first day that I went into battle to enter into this promised land, I'm still strong. I'm still strong this day. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both going out and coming in. Now, therefore, give me, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke on that day. That's kind of, that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of right tough. I mean, give it. Mm. Boy, if we would just get to that point, right? Lord, give me that love that you have. Lord, give me that compassion that you have. Give me that mercy that you have. Give me that can-do spirit that you have. Lord, I want it. Oh, to get to that point. To get to that point to say, I want it. Give it to me. We get so clouded. We, 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 we're so Americanized. We, we get caught up into this world. This, let me tell you something. I'm telling you, naked you came in this world, and naked you will leave. The only thing you're going to take with you is the blessings that you have poured out on other people, the blessings that you have loved people. What do you think you're going to do in heaven? I'm telling you, in heaven, God's going to show you your work. God's going to show you what all of your work done. Heaven's going to be a beautiful place. And he says, uh, uh, now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. Whew. Man. I, I, I just want to follow him out of the abundance. I just want to wholeheartedly follow him. I, I just want there to be a church here, right, Pastor? I just want to see people saved. I just want to see people get their needs met. I just want to see people love one another. I, I know I'm wishing that's wishful thinking. I know none of y'all can get along that good. There's no way we're all going to get along, right? Why? Because of that stinking flesh. That stinking flesh that we all battle with. But, man, I just want to see God move. Man, I don't know about you. I love it when I see people getting baptized, when I see people come to the altars. When I, when I sit on a Wednesday night and I see the young people came, come this morning, we start off, and I just sensed it. I just knew it. Uh, they, they sang a couple songs, and after the second song, I just knew it. I, there's something that, man, it is just that, that, there's something that's just tagging my heart, and I know that something was the Spirit of God. I walked up on the stage back there, and I said, how many youth here, just, you know, how many of you have really struggled about something this week? And we're about nine handshots up we brought them up front and we prayed for them because you know what the use problems are just as great as your problems hello the use problems are just as great and as as devastating to them as your problems are to you and we prayed there's something beautiful about Sunday school this morning it was just a great Sunday school thank you Becky I just I'm, I'm, I'm feasting off of this morning's blessings learn this from the life of Caleb Caleb wholeheartedly believed in his inheritance, not only for himself, but his family as well. I think I didn't write that right, but his family as well. Do you, you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. You say, man, you don't know my mom and dad. I'm not talking about that mom and dad. I'm talking about your heavenly father.
You have an inheritance. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to you to spend life, you know, with God forever and ever? Caleb wholeheartedly believed in his inheritance for himself and his family. Caleb believed it was God that had kept him alive. If you are breathing today, God is keeping you alive for a purpose. We see we all should have purpose. Every one of us should have purpose. God has kept us alive for a purpose. I'll go furthermore. I believe that if you're here in this church today, God has brought you here for purpose. For purpose to serve. For purpose to minister. For purpose to love. For purpose to care. God has given that to you. He's given that to you. And so Caleb, he believed this, and we can learn that from his life. Caleb believed at 85 that he was still strong as ever and willing to continue to fight for the promise of God. Man, don't, but what is the Bible? What is the, don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't grow weary. I mean, sometimes, have you ever got to the point, let's be honest with one another, boy, I, I've done enough. You know, I don't need to be a part of that, I've done enough. Has anybody ever got to that part? I'm, I'm honest, I got my hand raised. Yeah, you get to there, I, I've done enough. I, you know, somebody else can take the slack. Somebody else can do this, right? Caleb says, man, I don't want nobody to do it for me. I'm 85. Now, you think about that concept, being 85. And I, and I think about that. And as the pastor was, he went from a different angle. Me and him talked about this lesson. We talked about it a little bit. And, and you know, he was thinking about the youth. And, and, I, and I'm thinking twofold. And I, and I want to tell you something, young people. Don't let anyone tell you you're too young to love the Lord. And you're too young to serve the Lord. Don't let anyone tell you that. But then I also thought about, because you see, some of these young people might have been following the Lord three years but there's some of you that may have just gotten saved, and you're a baby in faith. You're a baby in faith. You've got to grow. You, you've, got to, you've got to just push, push through all the stuff and, 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 and wholeheartedly follow him. And so he says this right here. So when, when you think about that, uh, he, he kind of had, if you look at it this way, he had a different spirit from those around him. He was positive. The glass half full kind of person. You ever met any of those kind of people? Glass half full? I like those kind of people to a point. Uh, <laughs> he believed that with God's help, every giant stands in your way can be conquered. Mm, mm. Even when others say they can't. Remember the majority said you can't take the promised land. It wasn't only the ten spies, it was the others that got behind them. The majority said there was two that said we can. There's two. There's a lesson to learn from that. Joshua learned it well because when Joshua entered in the promised land, he only sent out two spies. He didn't send out 12. He had a vision that neither age nor circumstances could diminish. Your age does not define who you are. Listen, as long as I live, I hope, I don't know how long I'm going to live. I don't know if I will ever be in my 80s. Don't know. Don't even think that far out. Really don't. I think a lot about the day and it because it's got enough problems of itself, right? And so I think about the day. But I will tell you this much. If I live in my 80s, I hope I still have the same enthusiasm, the same fire, the same get up, go, the same desire to get in the Word of God every day of my life desire to pray every day of my life. I hope I had that desire if I'm 100. Because God's not fish until he calls me home. And God's not fish with none of you out here tonight or this morning. God is not finished with anyone. If you are breathing air, God is not. We can learn that from the life of Caleb, that God's not finished with us.
I, I struggle, and, and, and his pastor knows it. I struggle with being the youth pastor. There's no doubt about it I struggle with it because <clears throat> I'm not young, and, and I'm not. I can't hear them. I have, they, have to, I have, they have to repeat everything. God bless our youth. They just, I drive them crazy because they have to tell me everything three times, and uh, I can't hear them, but, but I, I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not young. I'm not a guy that it's young, uh, 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 you know, and, uh, and I struggle with it. I, I just struggle being the youth pastor, and the pastor knows this, and I'm, I get wore out. I get down, and it's probably not from the youth pastor. It's probably because of all the other fires that I got going too. But I struggle with it. But when I have a young person come to me crying, when I have a young person that I can take hunting, or a young person I can take it, go down and get an ice cream because they need some help. And I begin to minister to them. I start thinking this way. Man, these young people are just as important as if I was ministering to an adult. Right? Listen, God, listen, God's people. So a pastor said, you feel like you're called to youth? I don't know. I'm called to the church. I'm called to be a, a leader under him. And if this is where it needs me, that's where I'm going to be. I never dreamed in a million years that I would be back youth pastor. But I want to tell you this much. One thing I do know, that God is working in the young people. One thing I do know, that God is touching them. You may see them one way, I see them another way. You may look at them as this kind of person, I look at them as a different person. Because what I see, I see young Caleb's, I see Joshua's, I see leaders of tomorrow. I see young people that can change the world. I see people that can move mountains. And this is a church tomorrow, and I want to invest in that church of tomorrow. I want to love them. And I know if I do that, God will do the rest. I'm not God. Pastor's not God. All pastor can do is love you and preach to you and teach you and be there for you and pray for you. He's not God. I'm not God. Don't put us on pedestals because you will, you will be disappointed. If you really want to know how we are, ask our wives and they'll tell you. But that's all we can do. Some plants, some waters, but God causes the increase. I can't explain it. I can't explain the way God farms. I can't explain how you put one kernel of corn in the ground, you come up and you get all these other bushels. I can't understand that. Something about him. You know, and then I got to, in closing, I got to thinking about this. I got, you know, I have an inheritance. I have power. We have a Savior. That gives us that inheritance, that power. And then I got to thinking. And I, and I got to looking at Ephesians and a, a 1, and I think it starts at verse 3. I don't have it up there because it's long. Let me just read this to you. And I want everyone to listen with a good ear. Everybody listen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. How many believes that? Mm. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Mm. God knew your name. God knew who you were. God knew where you was going to be the day before the world was even created. He's all-knowing. Either God's all-knowing, he knows everything, or he's not all-knowing. God knows everything. 
And he knew right today who was going to be here today. So if you're here this morning, you're not here by mistake. I believe that's how strong the hand of God is. Well, I chose to be here. Okay, you can choose to be here, but God already knew he was going to be here. He's that powerful. Now watch this. Watch this, because this is kind of the spirit that, that flows with Caleb. Verse 5, having predestined us, adopted as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to his good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to bound toward us in wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure and his purpose in himself. That in this dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in, all, in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted that you heard from the word of truth that the gospel of your salvation, whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our, our inheritance until the redemption and the purchase of the possession to the praise of his glory. Great stuff. But then he prays. Paul gives that to the church. It's his opening introduction in chapter 1 to the church of Ephesus. And then he says, I, I want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you right quick. Listen to this. Therefore, because of just what he said about our inheritance, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love of all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the workman, working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above principality, power, and the might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things, the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You say, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying go back and read chapter 1 in Ephesians. And I'm here to tell you right now that everything is under the authority of Christ. Everything is under his feet. Whatever God is speaking to you to do, if God is speaking to you, he's already, he's already three steps ahead of you. Ten steps ahead of you. He already knows the beginning of that work that God's calling you to do, and he knows what the end result's going to be. What is your part in it? You just got to be obedient. You just got to be obedient and get in there. Listen, I told you I struggled with being the youth pastor. But there's one thing I don't struggle when they get touched. I don't struggle with that. One thing when I know that they come to me and they say, Paul, would you pray for me? And they give me, and then they tell you a lot of things. And like, yes, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. That's what I don't struggle with. Why? Because I know that God, God knew way before I knew that I would be here today at the Living Water Church. Even though I'm a Texas boy, I was born in Texas, thought I'd never lose Texas. God knew before I I knew that I would be here at Living Water supporting Danny and here being a youth pastor and loving the church. God knew it. It wasn't a mistake that God chose Caleb. 
If there's one thing you want to learn about Caleb, Caleb obviously was a good leader because his brother really followed him because his brother actually became one of the first judges. And actually, they had 40 years of peace under his brother's rule. And I think his name, I'm going off, Othenio or something like that, Othenio, something like that, uh, O-T-H-N-I-E-O, you pronounce it. Do you believe it? Do you believe the lessons from Caleb? Do you really believe? That's what I asked the youth Wednesday, and I asked them this morning. Do you really believe what you're praying for? I mean, do you really believe? Are you at the point that you're going to be like Jacob and you want to wrestle with God? You want to wrestle until I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Are you there? I don't know. I can't make you be there. If I could, if I could do it with oratory, I I would do everything I could do to, to persuade you to follow Christ. But that's not my job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. If you need to learn to love, all I can do is show you how to love. I can't make you love. If you need forgiveness and understanding this morning, all I can do is show you forgiveness and understanding. I can't make you have forgiveness and understanding. If you've been hurt and you need healing, I can't heal you. I can only give you words of the one who can. Amen. Man, he had another spirit about him. How many wants that other spirit? That spirit that's opposite of the world's thinking. That spirit says that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I'm talking about the work of God here. How many wants that spirit? Do you really want it? Is it it inside you? Does it burn with inside of you? Because if it does, man, we're well on our way of having church this morning. Won't you come, group? However they do it now. We play music now. I don't know however y'all do it. Yeah. Just by the way, I like the real stuff better. Uh, Listen, God's people. I don't know what your week's been like. I don't know what your month's be like. I'm very cautious when I come into this building every Sunday of how I talk to people. Because I never know what someone's going through. If someone frowns at me or whatever, I just, I don't know what they're going through. It don't bother me. Don't even face me. Because I don't know what you're going through. But I do know one thing. I want you to have the other spirit. I don't want you to have the spirit of the world. I want you to have the other spirit. And I I guess the blessing working with the young people is they're so real. They don't. Especially the younger they are. Seventh, eighth, ninth grade, they're pretty just transparent. You, what you see is what you get. They're open with their heart. Then they start dating. And then they kind of lose you. My wife was telling me this week, I'm losing my older girls. And she's talking about some of the girls that are dating. I won't mention who they are, Alicia. Uh, <laughs> they're growing up. They're going to have trials. Bible tells us we're going to have trials. Maybe you're here this morning. Do you believe? Man, do you really believe the Word of God? Do you really believe there's a promised land for you? If you're struggling this morning, if you've never asked Christ into your life, I mean, you've never said, Christ, be the Lord of my life. 
Man, don't let the enemy talk you out of it. Come run into the altar. Just run to the altar. Say, I don't care what people think. I don't care what they're doing. Man, I just want to know God. I just want to have that other spirit like Caleb. I want to, I want to receive the promises of God. Maybe you're here and you're just struggling. I would rather be honest to be a fake. You're just struggling. Won't you come? These altars are open. Won't you come quickly? Won't you come? Father, I've preached the word. I thank you for a man like Caleb in the Bible that we can read about. I pray now, God, that your spirit would draw men and women, boys and girls to an altar of prayer. I pray, God, that nobody would be talked out of it, that they would come, that they wouldn't let the enemy talk them out of it. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for Pastor giving me the opportunity. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you.